Welcome Home Radio Podcast. Are you looking to buy or sell your home? Our team is here with answers to guide you through the buying and selling process. We encourage you to ask questions. Please comment on this show or visit us at welcomehomeradio.net for more information. Bringing real estate, lending, and education together in one place and to help you make the right home decision for you and your family. Here are your hosts, Blair Thomas, Tom Holm, Alan Pace, and Jeff Duffy. And welcome to Welcome Home Radio. It is May 10th, 2023. We're so excited to be here with you, but we do have to say our Jeff Duffy is not here today. He will join us again next month, but uh, is out for a doctor's appointment. We're thinking about him. So again, welcome to Welcome Home Radio. We've got a few highlights of the week. First off, May 10th. CPI numbers are going to come out. We're going to see the turning of rates, inflation being fought. I did want to bring out a California nugget that a approved preliminary $500 billion reparations package has been approved for the black community residents of California. I'm a little intrigued on how they're going to pay for this but it has been approved out there. Also, we've had bank purchases going on and uh, we see a lot of opportunity happening. And one of the key topics today is starting, has, has started on May 1st, the loan level price adjustments just started May 1st. And we want to discuss those to understand, to uh, bring out any, uh, added uh, approach to it, how you understand it, as well as we want your questions. Find us at welcomehomeradio.net. Ask those questions. We'll get back with you as soon as possible. But right off the bat, I want to bring in my co-host, Alan. Tom, how are y'all today? Super duper peachy king hunky dory. Wow. I don't think Hard I to beat that. Those. Top that, Alan. Come on, Alan. I, I like peach pie. That's about all I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, Close uh, we, we talked about this topic and that we thought it would be a good one to come out about. A lot of a lot of a, a media has come out with the the Congress is fighting it. FHFA came out and did these adjustments. They're saying they're they're helping out our economy. Give us your insight of what's happening actually with these loan level price adjustments, how they impact our normal buyers, and what is your take on it? Well, maybe we should start with describing LLPAs for our listeners. If we're going to use the terminology loan level pricing adjustments, I want our, all of our listeners to understand that pricing on loans has been a part of the psychic of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for since their inception. So they will typically take what is called a par rate, a base rate that they're going to offer every day. And that's the average Joe Blow on an average 30 year loan with an average 20% down best practices with, you know, 750 credit scores, yada, yada, yada. So what they ideally want 
And what you ideally want is a par rate quote when you go out into the marketplace. So you can compare your apples to apples with other lenders and so on and so forth. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac for all their time in their existence have said, wait, if you're an investor, there's more risk for us. And we're going to put a higher premium on that loan. We're going to charge you extra. If you are a 625 credit score borrower, you don't have just the best credit score that we want out there. We're going to call that will cost you more for that. If you put down less on the house, da, 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 da. if you get a house that's a dome home versus a standard stick and brick on a foundation. And by the way, I was down in San Antonio last week at a conference, Texas Mortgage Bankers Association conference and drove up by the thing that looks like a caterpillar on the side of I-35. That's the second largest dome home builder in the United States. Just if you want to put that piece of trivia somewhere. And somewhere there's a great ball of yarn, you know where it's at as well. We can go visit that. We, we can go look at that as well. And also pecans. I know pecans pretty well from Forestville. But, but the uh, idea here is to understand or help our uh, listeners understand the uh, rigmarole that goes on as far as the current, or it's died down substantially because this was effective May 1st. Um, the pricing that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac wanted to provide was, and went back to and said, well, we're not going to give people with highest credit scores as much of a break as we used to. And in turn, we're going to be much more sensitive and charge them uh, more into the rate than we used to. And the lower end of the scale, and these are only two factors out of about 10 factors that go into pricing loans. Like I said, down payment, loan size, that's a big, huge deal. Investor occupied investor versus non-owner occupied, I'm sorry, non-owner occupied versus owner occupied. So the one factor that they're looking at is the credit score portion. And so the credit score portion they've looked at is the higher end of the scale. We're going to charge you a higher fee for the higher end of the scale and the lower end of the scale. We're going to loosen that and charge you not as much as we were charging you previously. Now you're in the market, so you have more realistic feel for this. And my comment back to you would be on the realistic side of this, what have you seen when you're quoting prices to your consumers uh, as far as variance? And, and I know the market changes every day, so that's kind of hard to say. <laughs> well, what, you know, the biggest thing per day, but what's your, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, the biggest changes we see it, are among the low down payment, three, three and a half, F, you know, FHA or three or 5% uh, conventional, but 620 to 640 scores are definitely receiving a more positive gain where the highest that I've seen is three quarters of a point increase to those with better scores and even 20% down. So that's a little intriguing to me. Now, is it impacting them as, as much as we want to possibly say? No, not probably. But somebody at a 620 credit score putting less than 5% down still gets a minus two points, two full points off. That's a lot. 
And whenever you have a good buyer, somebody that's just taking care of their credit with a credit score of 760, and we're seeing, you know, 0.375 added to them, that's that's quite a difference in that. That's 2.375 difference between those two people with almost the same loan except for a 760 to a 620 credit score. So, and you were saying somebody putting down less than 5%? Yeah. So 3% down program? Yeah, 3% or 5% in the conventional or 3.5% FHA. But Those there's are the a, with that program, there's also tied a home buyer education course, correct? Yes, they are. Okay. Because statistically speaking, when you get home buyer education, there's less default possible. Less default occurs with those people that have been trained on how to deal with a mortgage. Well, I'm sure somebody with 760 credit score would be glad to get you know home education if that will help them get a better rate. Well, I I'll just say when you talk to people you know out and about, they don't really get into the technical aspect of it, but what they've heard is what they've read on the media is okay. I got great credit. I'm being penalized, <laughs> you know? So I've heard that a gazillion times in the last, you know, four weeks before it even started. So that it just on what they choose to read, how they choose to understand it. What I try to do is, you know, stay in my lane as a realtor, but you know, get them to focus in on a lender who understands exactly what this will cost each individual family or person so that's the only way i know how to handle it but it is out on the street so to speak why in the world do i have such good credit now they're going to penalize me so that's out there well i think the second thing i think we need to cover is that llpas loan level price adjustments aren't new they've been around i think they were institutionalized in 2008 is that correct tom well, they existed previously. They weren't coined as LLPAs prior to that, but Fannie and Freddie traditionally have always charged for lower credit scores, a higher rate, uh, uh, non-owner occupied property versus, so they were more clarified in 2008 as far as specificity that they gave the, you know, the eight different categories, their own identities when that happened in 2008. But the actual existence of them has been around for penalties that have been charged by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac for lower credit scores, et cetera, for forever. Well, FF, FHFA acknowledges the criticism, but clarified the old framework was outdated and needed to be reviewed. Would you agree with that statement? Well, I think it's a philosophical kind of agreement, disagreement with regards to is it good to punish people with lower credit scores with higher rates? I don't believe the actual answer to that question rolls in the best logic where you don't have as good credit because you had a divorce and your ex-spouse left you with higher bills and now you're leaving that marriage and you're trying to buy a house on your own uh, with two kids so you can stabilize your family situation and because of that situation with the 640 credit score, you lived previously with somebody else and maybe your credit score was higher because things were more manageable with two incomes. 
So is it okay to go and say, well, you need to be punished with a higher rate as a result? The argument can be made that that doesn't seem as fair if you're still putting down the same 5, 10, 20% somebody else does. Yes, there's a higher, there's a higher risk, and that's what LLPAs are supposed to reflect, higher risk. Well, and, and, and if, it, if you're just focusing on lower credit scores and trying to impact their lives, why are you negatively impacting people that have taken care of their credit, have taken care of their bills on time, have not had the issues? Why would you negatively impact them? Well, the differential has been is cut down. They're you're, they're still getting a better rate. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want our listeners to walk away and say a seven twenty credit score person's now paying seven percent because all the six twenty credit score people's are getting seven percent. Uh, I, 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 there, there, there's a balancing act. Did they bring the differential down? Yeah, that's what's happened, and. That's, again, the decision of trying to get home ownership in a better position for people that have lower credit scores to not quite be so egregious in charging them a 7.5% rate when good credit score people get six. They're, they're narrowing that margin. But, yeah. but you know, I, I try not to look at it as a penalty so much as they're trying to reach a more equilibrium. And in order to give the lower credit scores a little bit better push, they are in turn penalizing higher credit score uh, users. And, and, and as a result, to create the more equilibrium in the marketplace. I just think the way it came about was kind of quick and it got a lot of attention. It'll simmer down, and I don't think it's going to affect people with 700 credit scores going to buy a house one bit. Well, and we knew about this since January 1st. The media yeah, didn't. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's a deal where once before. it's on the media every single day, and again, <laughs> you get so many different opinions out there. Well, that's the kind of questions you get when you're out and about. Why are they penalizing me? And you can read anything you want about it, but again, I don't think it's going to slow anything down for 750 credit score people. I Right. Uh, if it helps somebody, that's great. Right. A lower credit score. I'm all good with that. I just think the reason it's it's a big deal right now is because the way it was presented. And, and we do not want to do say, know. we do not want to say, hey, worsen your credit scores to get a better rate. That's no. Not, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> Let's make that real clear. We're not saying <laughs> No, and I, I know you, I actually have been asked that. I'm not kidding you. Oh, I believe you. Oh, I believe you too. Please don't tell them that's a good idea. That is not a good idea. Do not, not a good idea. credit score. Not a good idea. It's, that's the point of the show right now. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, there's a lot of myths out there on how it can, but it does open the opportunity maybe for a few people to get a better score at the lower credit score, but it's still not better than what the people at the higher now, debt to income is also credit scores evaluated, but also DTI. Uh, it's, it's Which is kind of strange, and I don't mean to cut you off, but DTI has never been an LLPA in the past. And yet it's a bigger indicator of, of uh, default than just about any other, even more so than credit scoring. Marketing. <coughs> 
marketing. You got a little frog there? What really? A little, little bitty frog just wanted to say marketing. That's all. Well, it's interesting. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, Blair, but that I just want to talk again, point out to our listeners, LLPAs have never been affected. DTI has never been en encompassed in an LLPA environment, which is so bizarre. Well, and and our nomenclature down there, it's LLPAs, not LLP. Um, want to make sure that's right or corrected. But what about on a monop? Okay. How about I gotta pee? We are losing quickly. <laughs> we are losing quickly. That made me laugh. But it is interesting that they're trying to focus on more, more variety of, of inputs and risk, as you put it. Uh, all of these things factor into whether a fund uh, a loan is approved and funded or not. Uh, but we want to make you aware of don't allow the media to scare you. Don't allow the media understand, ask some questions, see what the impact individually would be for you. Because our very next topic in today's show is really going to lend to that information flow because it's always assumed. I mean, there's myths out there in the real estate or, or home buying industry. And that biggest myth, I can't believe people still think this this way myth number one is you need 20 percent down payment on a loan you can't buy a home unless you have 20 percent down payment and it's it's still out there a large large body understands that that's what they're after i think that says go back to the frog in alan's throat it's marketing from banks that try to push this out saying, this is what you need. This is how you, the best way to do it. But there are mortgages that allow you to put less than 20% down and you're able to effectively purchase a home. Would y'all agree? Would you not agree? I mean, I, I think this is the largest myth that continues today in our industry. And they, they, I don't know where it all comes from. I'm assuming banks, but I don't know. Yeah, it's been out there a long time, and and again, you do hear that. I think there's a couple things going on there. One, some people just don't know. They might be new into this all. They don't have somebody in their past that has been through it, and they're first-generation home buyers, and that's always what they heard. But I also think it's a people that might have less than twenty percent are not really ready to buy a home, and they'll say, "Well, I don't have twenty percent." Then when you start explaining the different programs or hook them up with somebody like you, Blair, who understands all the different loans out there, you know, it brings it to light. But, you know, the LLPA thing, I love it. If it's going to help anybody qualify for a home that normally wouldn't, that's such a good thing. I think everybody in the business loves when somebody who can achieve can achieve. And it's a good thing. And I, I'm all for that. Same thing with loans and understanding what a loan is. You know, Three to five percent conventional loan. Nobody knows about that either, really. The twenty percent folks, they never think about that. And then you got, you know, of course, your VA and your your FHA and USDA type things. So um, USDA, you don't see that as much around Dallas Fort Worth as you used to, but it's still out there some. But you well, know, you have to I, understand the purpose of a USDA loan to be able to say why it's not in the metroplex of DFW. Well, we're kind of developed a little bit. 
So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of those things. But in general, though, I think it's just people don't they don't know. And they've heard 20 percent in the past. And like you said, Blair, a lot of marketing going on with that, too. A lot of marketing. And Tom, this is a huge myth. I mean, to, to I just had a conversation less than two hours ago on a conventional loan. And and this this wonderful couple asked, is there any way we can put down less? And, and I'm like, yes, we can we can do that. That's why we're talking. And we were able to put them into a 3% down payment loan. Uh, these myths out there are so tremendous that you have to understand the ins and outs of them. So let's go down them real quick. Conventional, of course, as low as 3%, minimum 3% is going to be put down, but 3%, 5% can be the norms. You can put down 10, maybe 15. Why was 20% chosen, Tom? And then why and what is the risk factors going lower than 20% in the conventional world? Well, the, the magic number of 20% uh, was created in reflection of, again, default rates. If you can put 20% into a property, if I run into a situation and my spouse passes away and I can't make the house payment suddenly with 20% down, it pretty much assures me that at least I could probably sell the house, get 10% out, 15% out, depending on how much those greedy realtors want. And I'm telling you just, whoosh. you know, you really do learn to ignore them eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but that person that is in that situation will walk away with some money and be able to get their life on going to the next step and have, have themselves all freed up. So 20% down has always been a magic number in the industry. And along comes Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and they say, well, 20% is a great standard, but people come along to us and want to put down 10% or they want to put down 5%. And because they want to do that, how could we arrange that? They then go to private or, or public uh, groups that are called mortgage insurance companies. And mortgage insurance companies came along to protect against the default of the borrower with lower down payments where there's not enough equity to sell the house and get your money out. So that smaller, you know, the, the less you put down is obviously, I don't even think it has to be quoted here as far as statistics, there's a higher propensity to default with less into the deal. And as a result of that, the mortgage insurance companies cover that variance of the default rate between 20% down and 5% down that that group of folks in there will proportionally pay more the less they put down. So that's, that's why investment properties have higher down payments requirements. That's why automatically. And you can't even get mortgage insurance on investment properties. So it's it's getting people to put skin in the game. It's understanding what they, that opportunity is, but it, there are loan values available loan programs available for people. FHA is a great one. Uh, 
my goodness, that's why I can't imagine any veteran not using their VA benefit for a down, you know, required down payment for a VA loan or even reviewing the USDA. And yes, that is the cattle people. Yes, that is the USDA beef, but it's only for areas that they want to get developed. That's outside very, very, very country uh, where they want to allow 100% financed opportunity. Goes through a lot, takes in a lot of things in your household, but they are available. So be talking with, asking questions on what are my options as my loan programs, my loan file looks like this. What are all the loans that can be there? Because 20% is nice. There is no MI, but you know what? There are values and opportunities for less. Now, one of the things that 20% down, my goodness, you can choose whether you have escrows or not. Anywhere else, you cannot choose. Any other loan program, you cannot choose escrows. The only way you can is a 20% down payment conventional mortgage. You can choose not to pay your taxes and insurance and your mortgage monthly payment. And therefore, that might help you. That might be better for your family. But understand the benefit of those things that you have options and can select. So, and you know, Blair, a quick segue from the LLPA to the all the different loan types is, I think one advantage the news coming out about the LLPA thing is, people are looking into different loans now. People that are kind of close to being able to buy a home, or they're doing a little more research and they're finding out more about loan types and what's out there. And where before they might have just have given up and we're just going to rent. Now I think maybe some more people are are coming to the table with a little bit of research. And I'm just intrigued, Alan, by their timing, May 1st. Why wouldn't that be a January <laughs> 1 deal or something? Why May 1st? Is it because the buying season kind of starts mid-April through May, June, July, August? I mean, and we see most of the big changes occur in April, May periods, it seems like always. Seems like. I mean, FHA, if you go back to 2013, and FHA in 2013 came back and said, look, the mortgage insurance program, uh, we're afraid it's going to go belly up, which is no, no way it could have. Uh, but we're afraid it will be. So we're going to raise the mortgage insurance rates to blah, 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 1.75% to 0.85%. It took 10 years for them to come back down, but you know when they did it? In April. <laughs> I mean, it's always, it does coincide with these buying seasons, I think, as far as when we see changes one way or another to in the negative or positive. Yeah, well, if it's about money and real estate, no, it's nothing's accidental. I mean, there's a, people are <laughs> they're doing let's, something for a reason. Let's continue on our myths. First myth, number one myth in our industry is, of course, the 20% down. I think we've, 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 we've beaten that one up, but let's go to myth two. Myth two is your down payment is the only amount you need to bring to closing. Some people think only the down payment is what I need to bring to close on the house. Let me, let me bring this up and let me stop any myth that has that because you have three major pieces of your closing cost. It includes your down payment. It includes your prepaids. And of course, it includes the closing of the title cost, the lending cost, all of those. 
Those are three areas that you have to pay for at closing. Down payment is just one third of it. Not an amount ratio. It could be the highest one, but you still have prepaids. Prepaids are those escrows of taxes and insurance that have to be paid monthly so that every annualized, your taxes are paid, your home insurance is paid, that the lender knows that that home is insured as a requirement, as well as the closing costs, the title. Title policy is critical to your ability, and I wish Jeff was here, but that's one of the things that they want to go back and make sure nobody else has a claim on that property. It's being sold by a brother and a sister doesn't know, and they're taking all the money and running. They want to make sure everyone's involved, that it's a clean policy. So when you take ownership of it, it is yours. So that has to be paid for in the closing cost. So understanding myth number two, your down payment is the only amount you have, you'll, you'll need to bring. That is false. But your earnest money check goes toward, your option money check goes toward your closing cost. So be aware of that. What, what else would you add to that, Alan or Tom? Well, there's a couple of things while you're buying the house, you got to pay for upfront inspections. And, you know, that's a chunk of change sometimes. And just plus the cost of running around finding a house. I mean, there's stuff goes into buying a house and it does cost money, but you covered the main three. And the appraisal generally, some everyone I've gone, they've asked that you pay it up front, but it can be rolled into your closing costs as well. They don't like that because a third party is being utilized for that. But Tom, does anything else along that line on myth two? I'm just. He's hurting himself, Alan. Look at him. <laughs> you know, I just realized everybody's wearing blue. I know it's our blue day. Very nice. It's It's our blue day. Uh, I was thinking of the inspection thing in particular, just to kind of enhance upon that. Uh, we're talking about a home inspector typically going to the house and talking about general condition, but there could also be pest inspections. Uh, there could also be a, uh, perhaps a, a necessity to pay an electrician or a plumber uh, to come and give a secondary opinion because the people that do the home inspections are not professionals specifically in certain fields like roofing electric, plumbing, and those can be additional ancillary costs that our borrowers need to be aware of that, you know, just to, you know, get into a house, you've got to have earnest money up front, which of course will be applied towards your total cost when you close, but you pay an option fee that uh, is non-refundable to somebody. And I'm sure Alan suggests you pay what a thousand dollar option fee to get the deal or whatever nowadays. <laughs> Uh, you know what? That wasn't so funny maybe a year and a half ago. It's, <laughs> oh, oh, now we're talking about old humor. Oh, my gosh. Oh I just love God. the way your brain works, man. You got old and new right there together, ready to it's roll. Just all the time. It's yeah. like left eye, right eye. They, but whoops, one funny screen. enough, um, the upfront money is often what keeps people from going forward. And when you explain closing costs and you talk about different parts of it and, and you know, you talk about somebody initially, but when they get with their lender, they get a much better understanding of it exactly. And that still is a big deal. And again, back to the LLPA thing, if that helps, that's great. 
Good. Well, I have one final myth that is out there. And I think it's very important for our listeners to understand. Again, we've got four major types of loan programs, conventional, love to have 20%, but you know what? They can take its minimum of 3%, FHA at 3.5% down payment, VA at zero, and USDA at zero. But on this down payment, myth number three, borrowed money can be used towards your down payment. Tom, I'm going to go take out a loan to get my down payment. Is that okay? Is it from your 401k? No. <laughs> I'm going down to my local bank here. I know Joe. I can do a handshake deal. I want to borrow. I'm going to get a loan to pay my down payment. Are you using your car to secure the loan? Oh, I'm using my car, my tractor, my dog, my third okay. child. Well, we can do that. Okay. We can do that. You can do a 401k because that's your money. Yep. You could do a loan against an insurance, life insurance policy, if it's a whole life policy, and you can borrow against it. You can borrow against your IRAs if it's a first-time homebuyer situation. So borrowing, we use that term, and I, and I hope the loan officer would always turn to you if you said, I'm going to go borrow the money and say, where is that coming from? Well, I'm going down to the banker get an unsecured loan. He's got to, he thinks my credit's great. He wants to give me ten thousand dollars. And wrong answer. That's then the wrong answer. Okay, it's securing, and we're going to have to count that payment against you in certain circumstances as well. My brother went out and got a loan when he was buying this last house, and he didn't have any down payment. Glenn just doesn't know how to save a dime. But he had a car that Alexis paid for. And so he went and got a title loan against the car and used that for his down payment. Well, the nice thing about Glenn was he had no other debt. So that new car payment of $560 did not exclude him from that was all the debt he had. So it's very tricky when you say I'm going to borrow money. And in particular, I'm going to borrow it from a friend or family. That's... That's, again, and for the most part. And and to our listeners means no. It's not going to be accepted. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you say you're going to borrow it from your mother, and we're, we're going to say mom's going to gift it, and she's going to sign a document saying it's a gift and does not have to be paid back. We can't utilize borrowed money for a down payment. It has to come from your resources, your assets, and how you get them. Even the process of how you get them has to be qualified. It can't be just like like Joe doing a signature loan. It can't happen that easily. Gifted funds can always happen. There is limits to certain programs for certain amounts, there's even a, a way you can do a seller credit. The seller can help you get some funds. A lender can help you get some funds. A realtor can help you get some funds. But when we talk about down payment, how that's happening, that largest lump, let's do that. <laughs> Got it. Hopefully hopefully they're not edging too close. But, but I think we handled 
the myths, the top three myths. The myth number one, you need 20% down payment for any mortgage. Next myth, your down payment is the only amount you bring to closing. No. As Tom would say, eh. And then, of course, borrowed money can be used toward your down payment. Borrowed, borrowed from yourself, yes. Borrowed from someone else, no. So anything else on these two topics, LLPAs and their impact, as well as misconceptions and myths, about 20% down payment we want to cover, guys. I just love the fact that, you know, somebody is thinking about helping somebody on the border of buying or not buying. So I'm all for that part of the LLPA. And um, and as far as the different loans, check it out. Talk to, you know, your realtor or talk to your lender. Talk to your significant others and your family. But get some good information. Don't assume just because you saw an ad that that's how life is when it comes to borrowing money for a home. And what is Tom, do, what do you see? Because I put out an announcement that we're going to see a lot more activity coming up because a, a survey recently put out, there is an excess of 60 million plus people that have said in the next 12 months, they will be buying or planning on buying homes. They're setting themselves up that way. Do we see a lot of activity taking place? Are you seeing anything from your side? Well, uh, you know, from the statistics part, one of the things is, and it does come to weigh if those do come to fruition, those numbers, uh, the inventory figures, of course, are dropping even less number of homes available in the marketplace than there were at the same time last year. There's a lot of people out there with three and a quarter percent interest rates or two and three quarter percent interest rates that say, uh, you know, I don't want to go to six. I don't want to go to seven. I like it where I am. I'm just going to redo the kitchen, yada, yada, yada. And because of that, that continues to push the market down, whereas the new home builders are seeing this as an opportunity to build homes if they can get them reasonably built within a price range beyond less than a million dollars. And so there's a lot of to, to be considered here. Um, those people that are planning on that type of purchase, the numbers you quoted, uh, one of the things that I did want to kind of dovetail with what we're talking about this morning or this afternoon, whatever, um, that, uh, those people that are thinking about buying, try to stabilize your monetary situations at least 60 to 90 days in advance. In other words, the monies that you're going to be using for your down payment, the monies that you're going to use for your closing costs, don't be planning on getting those with a bonus at the time when you're going to close the day before or whatever. Get your monies, all your ducks in a row, as my mom used to say, and those ducks in a row, if you'll get them organized and and laid out, you can see and know this is a possibility of you doing. We're not going to probably experience, and the statistics are already reflecting this, we're not going to see as much price increase. So we're seeing a little bit of stability in the pricing. And the pricing model, because we can, that gives you a little bit longer to prepare. You're not going to be stuck with or suddenly shoved down your throat with the, well, you need an extra $20,000 to buy this house now. So that's really the thing I want to try to say in advance for those people that 
are planning on doing that purchasing you just quoted that 60 million six, 600 million people no 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 so 18 percent a record-breaking 18 percent of american adults plan to buy a home the next 12 months that's 64 million people are budgeting saving and planning over the next 12 months well 64 million represents one out of five americans are going to be buying a house so that may be a little bit a little bit high, but well, it wasn't whatever, whatever they're doing, whatever they're doing, they need to make sure they're getting the ducks in a row. And one more myth that we need to really bring up, Blair, is, hey, once I'm pre-approved for my favorite lender, I go shopping. <laughs> I'm going to go buy that furniture. I'm going to get a new pickup. So <sighs> just don't do that either, everybody. When you close... Have fun, but don't do a thing until you're done buying the house. Amen. Amen. Do not add another thing to your credit, to your cost structure until you have owned the home outright. Please, please, please check with your lender at all if you're even planning on anything. Right now, we tell Alan and I talk to our clients and say, look, consumables, gas and food. Until we close, that's what you're able to purchase and go forward from there because you can mess up an opportunity. And, and Tom, I wanted to address something when you brought it up. There are a lot of people, maybe the high twos, three, three and a half percent interest rate on their own. But we're finding more and more people are living on credit cards and those interest rates are not three and a half percent. Those interest rates are raising, are going up. And I'm going, I'm here to tell you, I would rather have a five and a half, six percent mortgage rate paying off high percentage or high interest rate credit cards, pay off a car loan, pay off student debt. All of those things are greater than just holding on to a mortgage. I've talked to more people about a cash out refinance right now because of their high credit card balances and the value that they're saving over months and months that they can put toward paying off their home early. And you are not required. Most loan programs, any loan program I do, you can pay off early. There is no penalty. Please, please, please review that. I understand 3.5% is a great mortgage rate, but the 20 percentile plus interest rates on credit cards, even on a balance of $10,000, is critical to your ability to manage your finances and can help pay off your home sooner just by doing a cash out refinance. If it's at five and a half, six percent, it's still not going to hurt you. I bet you Tom's first cave he bought was right around 16%. It was more of a hut, actually. I wasn't able to afford a cave at that time. Oh, just a hut? And what was the interest rate? Um, well, I got a deal because I got a combined interest rate at 12 at 12, you got a deal, that's for sure. I got a, a super deal because I had an, uh, an assumable first and an owner carry second, so I got a really good deal. Wow. But so, rates within the first two years of me getting into uh, real estate went to 19% eventually. Yeah. So uh, talk with your lender, understand, see what best fits your lifestyles. I think this has been unbelievable. Thank you for this time. Contact us at welcomehomeradio.net if you have any questions and like us on any of our podcasts. I'm Blair Thomas. 
I'm Tom Holm. And I'm Alan Pace. God bless. Are you sure? Are you sure, though? As much as you are. Okay. <laughs> Peace be. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Peace. Force be with you. <laughs> Welcome Home Radio Production provided by Lunatic Digital. Check the listing of this podcast for the links to our sponsors. And don't forget to like, share, and follow us on social media. Visit welcomehomeradio.net for more information. This was a Lunatic Digital production. Visit lunaticdigital.com for all your digital needs.